Hello and welcome to Meet Her, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I am just really, truly, deeply excited that joining me today is Heather Rivard, Senior Vice President, Electrical Distribution for DTE Energy. She is also, though I need to add, the Deputy Incident Commander for DTE's Pandemic Response. She oversees all aspects of the company's electrical system, which puts her front and center in, in addressing, in addition to things like the pandemic, natural disasters and external crises. She also leads the company's multi-year effort to drive overall reliability and cost performance. This is what can only be called a critically important position for the company and for the community that it serves. She's the person, one of the people keeping the electricity coming to all our homes. So welcome, Heather, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. It's great to be here, and I appreciate being included in this opportunity. Well, we're, we're really thrilled. Um, so, so let's just jump, jump right in with our first question. So how do you balance the need of the organization, the needs of the organization with the challenges facing the members of your team while leading through an extremely difficult situation? To me, it's a little bit less about balancing uh, the needs and more about having um, our priorities straight, if you will. I feel like if I have my priorities um, in the right frame, uh, the decisions themselves become easier and you usually don't have to trade off one thing for another. For example, the needs of the organization versus the needs of your team. And I can give an example relative to the current pandemic situation. Oh, that would be for, great. For me uh, personally and for DT as a whole, our number one priority always without exception is the health and safety of our employees and also the public. So when the pandemic started to hit our state here in Michigan, we made a conscious decision as a company to stop a large portion of our work, even work that could and would be defined as critical under the governor's order. We paused this work for several weeks until we could ensure that we could do the work in a way that protected the health and safety of our employees and also the public. Uh, many critical infrastructure companies did not uh, necessarily make that same choice because it does create other organizational burdens in the short run around financials and efficiency. But we knew that if we stuck to what we knew was right and acted on that, that the rest could be worked out over time. And so for me, if you always put your people first, uh, you will never regret it. And so when I think about trying to balance the needs of the organization versus challenges facing the team, to me, I feel like if I put the health and safety of my team first, that it doesn't become a trade-off. It becomes what's best for both the team and for the company. Wow, that's, that's such a great example. And I can only imagine the pressure when you have 
health and safety and lives, you know, you're responsible for those things, uh, trying to make sure that every person is safe while doing their jobs. Um, what, what an incredible challenge. That's, and it's great that you're prioritizing those. It's part, I'm sure, of what contributes to the great culture at DTE. So you've got an incredibly responsible position, a, a high-level job with lots of people depending on you. What's your personal superpower and how has it helped you in your career? Yeah, I had I had to laugh inside a little bit when I read this question. I'm like, <laughs> do I have a personal superpower? Um, and so I thought I thought about it for a minute. And and what popped into my mind is um, at DT, um, all of the employees um, over the last several years have had the opportunity to participate in an assessment called Strength Finders by the Gallup organization. And I thought I would bring this up because I think it's also a very good tool in general. The assessment identifies your top five strengths as an individual, and it's really very insightful. And so as I was thinking about this question, I realized that one of my identified top strengths through this exercise was empathy. So if I was to name a personal superpower, I would say it is that strength of empathy. And to me, um, and in general, empathy is the ability to see things from another person's point of view, to be able to walk in their shoes, so to speak. And the way this shows up in practice when I'm doing my job and filling my role at the company and even in life in general is that I tend, I found that through that strength, I tend to be a very good listener. I'm, I try to understand different points of view, um, not just my own. And this ultimately then helps me to bring people together and to try to work through issues and conflict. And in the end, um, supports a very collaborative leadership style and helps with building teams. And so for me, it's, it's empathy and being able to uh, walk in other people's shoes and, and understand where they might be coming from that has been helpful to me in my career. So that, what, a, what a great answer. I, I, in thinking about that and listening to your response, you know, I'm kind of curious. Have you have you always felt like that was uh, your your superpower, or is there a, a skill? Was it a skill that you constantly work to develop, or was is there another skill that you're focusing on now because you've already mastered em empathy? <laughs> um, yeah, empathy is something I feel like, um, and this would be a whole other podcast in itself, probably, but it's something <laughs> that I feel like was instilled in me from a very um, young age by uh, my mom and, and how I was raised in terms of how you treat and respect other people and, the, and their viewpoints. Um, in terms of skills that I'm working on, this one is, is going to sound maybe kind of silly, but it's the old basic skill of time management is a skill that I'm working on. And I'm not necessarily talking about um, the traditional challenge of how to balance work life and personal life. My challenge more is I work for a company that is a 24-7 operation. We provide a critical service, and that being electricity. And by the nature of the work, things come up all the time that are urgent and important and, and ne not necessarily expected. And so trying to be diligent about carving out time to work on more strategic important things like helping develop other leaders, building my own personal network, expanding my own 
knowledge base through reading um, or through other podcasts. Those things are all very important um, and they tend, um, if I'm not careful, to get pushed out of the picture um, because there's so many things that come at us um, in a 24-7 operation. So I think the skill I'm working most to improve is how to, how to better manage my time to make sure those important things get adequately addressed. What a great answer. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Uh, but you phrased it so well, the losing sight of the important but not urgent. We're, we, it seems like we're all sort of permanently stuck in the urgent quadrant. <laughs> That's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any advice that you would give someone who's going into a leadership position for the first time? Yeah, I have a, a few things that come to mind. Um, my first formal leadership role was as a frontline supervisor over 20 years ago, and it was probably one of the biggest learning experiences I've ever had in my professional career is that transition from being an individual contributor to being a leader. And it was something that I underestimated what a shift that that would be. And I realized after that shift, that in fact, every transition from one leadership level to the next can be a challenge um, because what you did and did well in your, in your prior role isn't necessarily exactly how you need to spend your time in your next role. The more you become a leader and then a leader of leaders and then a leader of leaders and up the chain, so to speak, the more it is important that you reflect on how you spend your time and how you need to spend it differently. One good example is um, at lower levels of leadership, you spend a lot more time on tactical things versus strategic things. And then the higher up you go, it kind of swaps and becomes more strategic and less tactical. And one of the resources that has been helpful to me um, many times over the years is a book called The Leadership Pipeline by Ram Sharan. And that book talks specifically about how you need to adjust how you spend your time as you work your way up in an organization. Um, and so I've read and reread that book um, every time I've taken on a new role to try to reframe my thinking about how I need to be spending my time. So that, that helped me not only in my first leadership role, but then on future roles after that. But if I circle back to my first leadership role for a minute, um, in that role, I specifically learned um, not to take things personal. I think that was the first time I really hit me when some folks on my team a subset of the team would be upset about a certain thing that was happening um, either within our team or within the company, I would always go back to thinking that I personally had done something wrong as a leader versus the realization that sometimes you can't make everyone happy, that, that as a leader, you have to make tough decisions. And a lot of times the decisions you make, especially the bigger the team is, um, are not going to make everyone happy. And so the notion that business is business and it's not personal really sank into me in that first leadership role. I bet that was, has been very helpful over time. Yes, it definitely, it definitely has. One other thing that, um, that has helped me over time is a realization that, that when we're trying to solve problems in the workplace, that all of the problems and the solutions to them in most cases are known and readily available by the people closest to the work. Um, and so one of my other lessons learned over time is a lot of times we'll go hire a consultant 
in which consulting is great. Uh, uh, so no, nothing against consulting, but when you're trying to solve a specific organizational problem, what I've found is if you go to the people who are actually doing the work and you ask them what the issues are and what they think the solutions are, it's all, it's like a gold mine. It's all right there. Um, they already know. And so learning to um, listen to the people who actually do the work um, and to involve them in helping solve problems is uh, another thing that I've learned over the many years of different leadership roles. Oh, that is, that is uh, really great advice. I, but I, I suspect you also have considerable skills bringing people together to help that those gold mines surface, right? You know, you have to bring yes. the gold to the surface. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. We, uh, we do a lot um, uh, as a company around um, and have developed a lot of skills within the company amongst the leadership around continuous improvement. And yes, you have to, you have to go, go work with the frontline teams, help identify the obstacles that are getting in their way and help facilitate the solutions being put in place. Because obviously, if they could be solved on their own, they would have already been solved. And so collaboration and working together across, across uh, multiple levels and multiple teams is, is really key. You know, crisis management is a big part of your job. And it just makes me really curious about where your resilience comes from, particularly when leading through critical situations. Well, unfortunately, my, my best answer to that question is time and experience. Um, and, I, and I say unfortunately because I don't know that there's a shortcut to resilience. I think some people are born with a level, a natural level of resilience, or maybe they um, acquire that um, skill over time um, as a child, um, as they grow up. But I think it also gets built um, as we experience problems in life and in our careers and we and we learn sometimes the hard way how to work our way through them and so I think it's it for me my resilience comes from having dealt with problems over the course of my career and as I've moved up to higher levels in the organization sometimes the problems have gotten bigger and as I work through each one successfully I think it gives me more confidence and more resilience if you will hmm. and so when I'm faced with a large problem or a critical situation, I start by telling myself that I know that we can work through this because we always do. And I don't mean just me personally, but I mean uh, my whole team. And then I try to take a step back and, and try to break the problem into smaller, more manageable pieces and then go after solving it because otherwise it can be completely um, overwhelming if you don't break it into smaller, more manageable pieces. And I also try, as a, as a leader, but also amongst my leadership team, we try to remain calm and steady in the face of a crisis because we found that that's very important for giving people confidence and, and helping them know that we can work through any problem that comes our way as uh, that ability to remain calm and steady as the problem is occurring. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can, I, can, I can imagine. I can see the scenarios playing out and imagine that that's a point of inspiration and it just calms the whole team right down. So, so in closing, can you, can you share with us any, you shared a great book title already that we'll be sure to capture. Are there any blogs or podcasts or other media that you engage with to generate new ideas? 
Yeah, I would say right now, the ones that are most top of mind are, there's two that come uh, most top of mind. We have had the fortunate opportunity to work with a gentleman named Dr. David Rock, who um, I believe is the co-founder of the New Neuro Leadership Institute. And he, um, for the leaders at DT, um, he taught us, a, it's a course called Leading Through Crisis. It's an it's a hour, hour and a half. But I noticed that that same course, Leading Through Crisis, is available on the Neuroleadership Institute's website, and, it, and I believe it's free. And he, what it's about is, is how the crisis that we're currently facing um, and it applies to really any crisis, but he, he makes it specific to what we're currently facing. He teaches you about how it is affecting people in different ways um, and the research behind how crises can affect people and, and how it can lead to fear and different kinds of fear and how that then affects how people work and how they think. And he also talks and gives a lot of practical suggestions about how to take care of yourself as a leader during this time, and also then how to take care of others. Um, and he explains, similar to the airline safety message analogy, when if, you're, if the oxygen mask comes out of the ceiling, you're supposed to put your own mask on first before helping others. Um, and he gives that analogy here where he talks about how important it is that we take care of ourselves as a leader, or we will not be able to take care of our teams um, or to others that we may be trying to help. So I've just found his work and his messaging very straightforward and very inspirational in a time like this and very helpful as well. And then um, the other one that has been helpful for many years is the Center for Positive Organizations at the University of Michigan. And they have a lot of uh, training on positive leadership, but also many articles and information about positive leadership. And so I find that topic very fascinating. And I was looking at their website today and they have a course called um, Thriving in, Tri in Trying Times. And it's something that they're offering for free on their website that I'm thinking about looking into because I think right now with the pandemic and the crises that we're all facing, it, it presents a unique leadership opportunity and a unique leadership challenge. So I'm looking for uh, ways to help myself and my team um, work through that in the most productive way possible. Oh, we will be sure to post those with your permission on our website in conjunction with your podcast so that listeners can, can find them. Thank you. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Heather, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your insights and all the things you've learned, I, uh, you know, through experience, through hard-won experience. And let me just say thank you so much for your leadership and that of everyone at DTE for keeping the power running. None of us would be able to work from home successfully at all if you weren't successful at your work. So thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to join you today and to be part of one of these first podcasts, which I think is such a great idea by the organization. And I'm so appreciative of everything that the Inform organization does for all of the leaders out in our community. Thank you, Heather. And so that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out all the other virtual Inforum offerings. 
including a Meet Him podcast series with male leaders who understand are sharing what they know about the importance of diversity in leadership to company success. There's also lots of other virtual offerings in Forum Insights, uh, virtual labs, and even some virtual events. Thank you.